Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Joining us on the line is Dr. Jeremy Lim, who is the co-director of the Global Health Program at the Saw Sui Hawk School of Public Health at NUS. And Jeremy, welcome to the show this morning. Thank you. It's great to have you with us. And I saw you on a, a webinar earlier this week, and I thought some, many of your comments were, were fascinating about where we go as a city right now, you know, as we look at our COVID-19 infections still happening, but at a reduced yep. rate. And now, of course, into phase two, more people are out and about. Are you concerned uh, that, that we're going to see our numbers change uh, for the worse as we go forward with this? Or, or, or is this just kind of the new, the new thing we have to get used to? Uh, Glenn, I would describe this as the as the next normal. I'm almost certain that we will see uh, cases going up simply because uh, with the with us moving into phase two, there'll be many more movements, many more interactions. But that's actually all right, as long as we know that it's coming, we are prepared for it, and uh, citizens cooperate, and the government is well on top through through really identifying cases early, doing rigorous contact tracing and really isolating everyone, then even if we have a few cases uh, scattered across the island, as long as we can manage them, Singapore should still be all right. And Dr Lim, obviously we have this sense that we want to get out. You know, we've been under lockdown yeah. for the best part of two, three uh, yes. months now. Yeah. This yep, is psych- psychological barrier that we feel we, we need to hurdle. And Glenn yeah. and I have been talking about this for much of the morning. Maybe we're a little bit on the wrong side of uh, optimism, but I was shocked, doctor, genuinely shocked by the numbers, the volume of people out last night heading out for their first meals. Traffic was up. <laughs> uh, restaurant traffic yeah. was up. I saw a number of restaurants. Well, I was out running last night. I saw a number of restaurants, coffee shops. They were essentially full. Are you okay with that, or, or would you still err uh, on the side of caution? Well, I wouldn't say that I'm okay with it, but it's understandable. As you pointed out, people have been cooped up at home for the for the longest time with very limited social interaction. So, really, there's a lot of pent up demand for essentially social interactions. But I certainly hope that after a couple of days, things will settle down into the next normal. And here, I would say that the government, the health ministry and everyone is on super high alert because this is the critical period. As long as we can successfully transition from much tighter restrictions in phase one to the laxer ones in phase two, and all of us as Singaporeans and as residents, we really get used to how things are going to be then we ought to be all right. But I would say that I am not surprised. It's very understandable, but I hope things settle down quickly. <laughs> We're speaking with Dr. Jeremy Lim, the co-director of Global Health Program at the Sawsui Hawk School of Public Health at NUS. As you look around and you see everyone's getting back out, of course, we understand it's, it's normal. We are seeing this in cities across the world. And we are also seeing a spike now, revision of cases going up, especially in the U.S. and other places. This idea that we can be ready for it, we can expect it and be ready for it, I think it only works sometimes if if the government is really on top of things. At what point should we be concerned that perhaps a second or third spike could, you know, overwhelm healthcare systems and that, you know, basically the genie is out of the bottle again. How do we gauge that? Is it just a matter of week by week or day by day looking at the numbers as they as they change? I would say that there are some leading indicators, the amount of social 
interactions and I think that innovative economists would be looking at restaurant bookings, the number of people queuing up to enter into retail outlets because the more interactions there are, the higher the risk will be. Um, but really that said, the sort of issues that would make us uh, much more concerned be if the number of cases that require hospitalization, that need uh, intensive care and ventilatory support go up, then that's when it, it really starts to get worrying. Because uh, as, as we look at many other countries, the really challenge really comes about when the health system is absolutely overwhelmed, when we're faced with almost the choice of having to play God. And we have five ventilators, but we are 10 patients. Mm. And as long as Singapore is far away from this situation, we can still manage. Jeremy, should we be taking a page from New Zealand's playbook? You know, they they did such an amazing job. They got down to zero cases with the exception of two two imported cases in the past uh, week and a half or so. But other than that, they I mean, they are they're done with this for right now. Um, should should you know in hindsight, of course, looking in the rearview mirror is always very very easy to do. But should should more countries have adopted their very very strong policy against uh, a social movement? Well, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and with what we know now, clearly we should have been much more rigorous when it came to uh, uh, really locking down. But that's what under the bridge. Uh, moving forward, I would say that, and I won't talk about cotton, and I won't talk about sheep, but it's very clear Singapore's economic structure is very different from that of New uh, from that of New Zealand. Mm. Uh, our entire economic lifeblood depends on trade, depends on really connectivity. So Singapore, unlike many other countries, we just have to take higher risk. We have to be better prepared. We we really need that surge capacity in the hospitals, but we cannot not open up. That's that's just the way that we that we function as an economic uh, society, and so we have no choice. So fingers crossed that we will be on top of things. Uh, if we do need to lock down a second time, I do fear that the economic carnage will be even more painful than what it was over the last three months. Yeah, that is genuinely worrying. And you are, of course, the co-director of the Global Health Programme at the yeah. Hawk School of Public Health at NUS. And I think that's particularly relevant in what I'm about to ask you, which when you yep. see the spikes, mm-hmm. and they're quite dramatic in, in, yeah. in key states across America, we were just looking at the TV just now, the yeah. cases in Florida have skyrocketed in the last 24 hours. Yes. As someone who is the co-director of the Global Health Programme, what do you think when you see that? Are you alarmed? Are you reassured? Did you expect it to happen? What are your thoughts on that? I would say that the US remains very worrying. And honestly, uh, I had done graduate school public health training in the US. There's a lot of affection for the US. But the way that the Americans are going about doing things is really bewildering. In, and in particular, Florida. Uh, really, Florida by U.S. standards, is really quite, it is quite an elderly state, a lot of retirees, so a lot of persons who are at high risk. So, and if there are any states in the U.S. that should be extremely cautious, it really should be Florida. So that's really disturbing, and I certainly hope that that the worst scenarios do not pan out. Jeremy, as we look at Florida and, and other states in the U.S., something that the Trump administration has said is, well, we're just seeing the spikes because our testing is so much better now and so much more uh, thorough across the board. Is that is that a good argument? Does that does that hold up against the science of of what we're seeing, or is it in fact there are just more cases? 
I would say that the increase intensity of really testing is only part of the answer. And clearly, the more we test, the more cases we'll find. But but with minimal safe distancing, use of masks, we should expect also to see many more cases. So the answer is probably a little bit of both. And the difficulty is that we just don't know which aspect uh, uh, contributes more. If it were me, I would err on the side of caution. Mm. I mean, speaking of erring on the side of caution, from a public health point of view, even though Singapore at the moment we're on we're on top, relatively on top of the virus. We hope it stays that way. But when you look at the situation in the US, in Latin America, in parts of Africa, you said yourself, we are a trading nation. We have to balance that that such fine line, don't we, between yeah, public safety absolutely. and opening up to the world. In terms of aviation, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Because I'm reading a lot of stories. Certain airlines are starting to slowly open up across Asia, mm-hmm. in Australasia. Yeah. What are your thoughts to people listening now? Should they fly? Should they not fly? What are the risks involved? Well, I would see that the world of aviation is likely to progress uh, very, very gingerly. Probably we will start with travel bubbles be- uh, between countries that have very low burden of disease, like what you've seen with Australia in discussions with really New Zealand, and we should see more of these. And what then happens will be that these bubbles are likely to coalesce into larger collisions. And what is then, and, but because of the nature of the aviation industry, this will then cross border. This, this is then not dependent on, on, on distance or on borders. And I do suspect uh, that we will see that the, that the rich world, those that have the mechanisms to control COVID-19, they, we will essentially form our club of the halves where we can travel relatively freely uh, within each other's countries. But the have-nots are going to be quite devastated by this. And it's very unfortunate because many of the countries that are more resource-constrained are also the countries that depend a lot on tourism and, and a lot on services. So it is an unhappy situation. But for the individual, I would say that, uh, that in the months to come, uh, it really should be all right to travel to countries that are of similar uh, really disease burdens, uh, the risk certainly shouldn't be any higher than if you have stayed in your own country. Mm, very interesting, talking with Jeremy Lim at the uh, Soswe Hawk School of Public Health at NUS. And uh, Jeremy, uh, should we all just be ready to be in a world where when we travel, we expect a, a quarantine perhaps at the other end or we have to, pr- we have to produce some sort of a certificate? You know, we've talked about this idea of immunity passports and, and having a, a health certificate. Is this where we're heading? I mean, it was bad enough when we had to start being, t- you know, checked for potential bombs and things in our luggage uh, through the through the security screenings. Now, are we going to have to go through a, a regular health screening as well? And, and I say that because, you know, especially with the, the information mm-hmm. that many people can be asymptomatic and still be carriers. Uh, I would say that the short answer is likely yes. And I would say that the only certainty is that there will be uncertainty and the difficulty, and especially for travelers who are going to spend a couple of days outside Singapore, mm-hmm. the situation is just so dynamic. Uh, you may leave to go to country X, which is deemed as a green or, or a very safe country. But after 10 days, country X's green status may have turned to amber or really to red. Mm. And then and then one is faced with a 14-day quarantine upon return here to, here to Singapore. So I would say that the convenience that we, that we in Singapore have been used to with the efficiency of Changi Airport and Singapore Airlines, uh, these days are 
uh, unfortunately over. There will be a lot more waiting. There will be a lot more testing and much more, much more, un, much more uncertainty. But this just is the next normal until we have good uh, testing for antibodies or for already for the or, or for viral particles, or unless and until we have a vaccine. On the point about the next normal and flying, I wanted to ask you about masks, because yes. I'm assuming that for the foreseeable future, masks will be absolute 100% the norm on all airline travel. I'd assume that would be true? Uh, yes, I would actually think so. Okay, Certainly, so t- taking uh, it to the next step. Other than Garuda. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but on that point, Jeremy... The use of masks, I'll be honest, like many listeners, I can't stand wearing the mask. I do it because we have to. Where do you see in this next normal the uses of masks? Do you honestly see it being a way of life for the foreseeable future? The short answer is yes. And the unfortunate thing is that wearing of masks is really not about protecting oneself. It is about protecting others. So it's... so. And if we all wear masks, then the collective uh, really protection or the minimization of, of risk becomes so much higher. Uh, but the unfortunate thing is that, uh, yes, it is, uh, it is uncomfortable, but the silver lining is that the world is full of very, very innovative people. And now that the whole world has to wear masks, I'm sure that there will be much better design masks. The basic mask design is a couple of hundred years old. I'm sure that innovators will come up with better materials, um, um, much more comfortable. Uh, but I suspect in the very, that in the foreseeable future, aviation and masks will just uh, go hand in hand. Fascinating comments today. I want to thank you, uh, Dr. Jeremy Lim, the co-director of Global Health Program at the Saswi Hock School of Public Health at National University of Singapore. Uh, thank you for being on with us today, Jeremy. Oh, really, not at all. Thank you very much, gentlemen. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.